team, yeah, we off the leash. You could look us in the eyes and see we have peace. Black and gold, that's the colors when we go to war. When we step up on that field, you go hear my roar. We them tiger cats, we them, we them tiger cats. We them tiger cats, we them, we them tiger cats. Yeah, nobody hitting harder. Better keep your guard up, cause with everything we draw, we can score it when we wanna. Welcome to We're Live, Pal, a Podski Wee Wee post-game show. I am Mike Graham, and I'm joined, as always, by Josh Smith. Josh, a tale of two halves in this one, no? All right, sorry about that. I was, uh, I muted myself by accident. Um, Mike, okay. can, you can hear me now, I hope. I was confused there. Uh, yeah, I can hear you now. Uh, I was a little confused. I thought I might have uh, screwed up there, but uh, yeah, um, a tale of two halves. No, it was a really, I thought a, a pretty good first half. Um, you know, they didn't light the world on fire, but followed by a, an abysmal second half. Yeah, I mean, we didn't screw up any worse than the Ticats did in the second half tonight. So yes, uh, at least go. we got that. I mean, I mean, you know, it's we buggered something up here, and I guess that's par for the course for tonight's uh, what we're going to talk about tonight. But yeah, it was. Uh, I thought honestly, for what was a low scoring first half i actually found it kind of entertaining um yeah same i kind of enjoyed it to be honest with you even though it wasn't like not you know it wasn't a classic or anything but i was like ah you know because there was there was a sloppiness to it that made it kind of fun to watch and then the third quarter was kind of a slog and then the fourth quarter was just horrendous from a tie cats perspective so yeah let's uh let's jump right into this and dig into this uh unfortunate mess that we've uh we've got today well, it didn't start off well. Uh, the first play of the game for the Ticats, Powell gets sacked from behind. He fumbles. Montreal recovers on Hamilton's 34-yard line. Yeah, not the way you want to start the game. Kind of a... No. Was that Sean Lemon, way. too? I think that was Sean Lemon. It was, Sean, it was Sean Lemon. Sean Lemon had a pretty good game today. I got to give did. it up for him. He, uh, he played pretty well for them today. Kind of made Hamilton look silly for not... Uh, not going after him or not being able to close that deal. They did, in fact, go after him. They just didn't... Uh, they didn't actually. They weren't able to to get him signed on the dotted line. But uh, yeah, uh, not not a not a great way to start when your first series ends with a fumble in your own end. No, definitely not. But it turns around quickly for the Tie Cats as Fajio gets picked off by Richard Leonard. Hamilton has the ball at their own twenty yard line. I'm not sure what happened on that play with Fajardo. If uh, if a receiver slipped, but it looked like a, a really badly thrown football from him. That's what it looked like. It did look like the intended receiver did fall. Um, I still don't think that that would have been a good, that wasn't a good decision on his part, regardless of how that outcome ended. It was two receivers were really close together. It just kind of fell right into Leonard's breadbasket there. And he was, he was at one missed tackle away from taking that to the house, which maybe something like that changes the tenor of a football game. We'll never know though. Yeah. The, uh, on the ensuing drive, a big gain from Butler on a check down pass from Powell. That was pretty impressive. Uh, yeah, it didn't lead to anything a, though, right? Like the they no, it, they ended the up hunting, so it didn't matter. No, um, but it was it flipped field position. But uh, I mean, that that first quarter was fun, but also tough to watch from an offensive perspective. Yeah, uh, Austin Mack torches Castantonis for a massive gain on a play in the first quarter. Um, you know, I, I you know obviously he caught the ball and then he kind of juked him out of his his shoes and took off down the field. But Montreal's drive ends in a goal attempt. They miss, and McAllister brings it out to the twenty-seven yard line. Uh, yeah, Powell, it was a good. I thought he might have. Uh, it looked like he might break it there for a second, but uh, he got caught by I think the last two defenders. Uh, yeah, and you know I'm, I'm sure we're going to talk about it more when we get into like the individual players. But uh, I thought Stavros Katsantonis did not have a good game tonight, so we'll definitely have to be that when we get to our uh, in-depth talking of the player player stats from tonight's game yes. i thought he was rather poor and a couple times he took some bad angles and uh 
And that, that was definitely one of them. Gives up a big play. Because I think they had hemmed Montreal, if I'm, if I'm recalling this correctly, kind of deep in their own end. And that kind of got them out of there yeah. and, and set up set up that drive that, that ended with – it was a missed steal goal regardless. But still, could have been points on the board, which would not have been good. Uh, Powell with a nice throw to Godwin for a first down. But then Smith drops a pass. He should have caught. Brutal. He would have had the first down or close to it. I thought it was a nice improv improvisation on uh on pal there you know he was kind of running away from everybody he threw it on, on the run and it's perfectly placed but smith just drops it there yeah and these are the things there's a couple of passes in this one i'm sure you'll you you'll bring it up there was one to james butler on a screen pass that was part butler dropped it part uh powell kind of didn't get enough on it that mm-hmm. would have picked up big yards if not maybe scored a touchdown uh this this is the stuff that that I, I I want you to always bring up when we do these because these are the things where when everyone complains about the offensive coordinator and and I didn't think tonight's game plan for especially in that second half was very good but when people want to complain they want to fire Tommy Condell it's well what if Keandre Smith catches that pass and now it's first down inside the twenty there was a field goal that I, it was that ended up being your last points of the game and, and again I'm not trying to jump ahead but it's just these things kind of pop up where. Another penalty in the red zone that pushes them back, that turns a second and short into a second and long, and they don't pick it up, and they're forced to kick a field goal. It's people want to blame the, the coaches, and, and they do deserve the brunt of some of, of some of this uh, criticism that will be coming their way after tonight. The players aren't executing either. You can't have a, a ball hit you right in the numbers. Like that's where you want the ball as a receiver. Can't let it bounce off your chest like that when it was a as you said, on an improv kind of throw there where he was like half running, half kind of like looking to see where he could go. Threw a really nice pass, quite frankly. And it it hit Keandre in stride. It should have been a big play. Said it bounces off his chest and it goes for naught. I'm going to pick on the guy, but I feel like this has been a bit of a letdown season for him. You know, last Absolutely. year there was like, you know, he made some plays and there was some signs that, hey, maybe this guy can take the next step this season, but it, it just hasn't worked out for him yet. No, not uh, at all. I, the, the Canadian talent on this team right now, Mike, mm-hmm. is not as good as I thought it was going into the season. I Like you, I thought I Keandre Smith would take a step this year. I, I know we're going to talk about the offensive line because you love to talk about the O-line. I thought they were horrendous tonight for the most part. I didn't think Taylor Powell had any time. It seemed he was stepping up in the pocket. He was forced to get out of the pocket way too often. I thought... Uh, who who was playing left tackle tonight? Was it was it Brandon Kemp? I believe. I thought yeah. he got beat like a like a rug on, during spring cleaning tonight. I didn't think he was very good. I didn't think the interior of the line has been very good. Canadian receiver hasn't been very good. Katz and Tonus wasn't good tonight. I, as much as I love him, I think Tunde is play, being played out of position. I don't think he can play halfback. Maybe you stick him at Sam linebacker if you really want to get him on the field, but. He's he's not a, a boundary or a, uh, a field halfback. Like I think that we, and and I going into the season very had high, very high hopes for a guy like Keandre Smith, and he is he hasn't shown really anything to me this year. He's been no better than any other Canadian receiver that we've had in quite some. I, I took some heat from the man himself talking about Mike Jones years ago by kind of downplaying his his numbers uh, mm. from I believe it was the year June Jones was here. I'd kill to have a receiver who could put up my numbers right now. This, these, it's, it's, it's a very, very piss poor Canadian contingent. And Keandre Smith, who I did expect to take the leap this year, simply is not. He's been very unreliable, and that that plays kind of emblematic of how his season has gone so far. Yeah, and you mentioned the offensive line not being very good, protecting Taylor Powell tonight, but it's just like week in and week out. These guys keep taking stupid penalties. Like, yeah, well, not necessarily stupid penalties, but procedure. Like when you're marching down the field and like, they just seem to take away the momentum and it's just, I don't know. It's hard to watch sometimes. Back to back procedure calls. Yeah. Was it on the same guy too? Or was it on left and then right? I don't recall. I don't recall who, who the the calls were on. Um, I got the stats here. I'm, I'm you keep going. I'll look it up, and okay. I'll be, hopefully be able to give you a give you an answer to that. So the Cats are forced to punt, but they pin them inside the five yard line, and then Richard Leonard gets another interception, uh, another bad throw from. Uh, that was a terrible throw by Cody Fajardo. Yeah, thank you. I forgot his name there. It was really bad. Um, you know, I thought Richard Leonard obviously 
two interceptions tonight, but I thought that it, was, it kind of fell in his lap, um, especially that second one. Yeah, I mean, he made the play, and and that's what yep, you want you to see it. out yep. of. Uh, he he was put in a position to make a play, and he actually made it. He nearly had a third late in the game when the game was kind of out of reach, anyway. But yeah, I mean, it was it's Fajardo, and this is the thing that Cody Fajardo does. Like you look at his numbers, I think he had over three hundred yards passing tonight, but he he will throw those bad throws. And but the problem is, is the tie cats don't take advantage of it. Um, later again, I I don't want to keep jumping ahead, but later in the game. Simone makes a big play where he he strips Fajardo of the ball, and they get set up really really close. I think they were inside the thirty. I think maybe even the twenty five. Settle for a field goal. Like they're just the opportunities to make plays are there, and they're just not uh, they're not taking advantage of them. Unfortunately, nope, they are not. Uh, the uh, oh yes, uh, yep. Mike. Just to just let you know, I've found okay. it. Yeah, Brandon Kemp back to back procedure yeah. penalties. Yeah, play yeah. forty four, play forty five. That's unacceptable. That's unacceptable. It is. It is. And I didn't know if it was the left tackle, the right tackle, whether it was left. Sorto or uh, Kemp, but uh, it was Kemp. Way, man. Yeah, okay. Uh, the Ticats take over on their 50 yard line. This is when we talked about this just a couple minutes ago. Butler, or Butler drops a screen pass, which would have probably been a big gain because he had blockers out there for him. And not the best pass in the world, but I thought no. a catchable ball. I thought a catchable ball too. I think the the placement of the ball would have probably hindered the after catch stuff just because he kind of had to twist back to get it. But if he catches that, he probably picks minimum. I'm saying 20 yards. But if that ball's thrown proper, like right where it needs to be, he's he's picking up. He's scoring. I honestly think with with what we saw, especially tonight. I thought he. I thought Butler for the most part was fairly good tonight. Um, I just think he wasn't put in a lot of advantageous situations. But yeah, that's again another big play kind of wiped off the board that could have been there. Godwin catches a low ball for a first down at the end of the first quarter. Oh, sounds like we might have lost Mike there for a second. Hopefully he can jump back in. Um I'm not entirely sure what he wanted to do next. This is uh uncharted territory for yours truly. Mike usually runs the ship here. So uh I'm back. Oh, he's I'm back. back. All right. I'm Mike. back. All right. I didn't have to improv there for a second. I was like, I don't know where the hell he's going here because I don't have his script. <laughs> so I'm just going to wait. Okay. Here we go. So the second quarter, there's a nifty little play for uh, to McAllister where there's a fake handoff to Butler, then a backward pass in the backfield for, uh, for a nice game. Oh, that's right. Was it a backwards pass? It might have been either a backwards or. Apparently Mike's internet is not being very cooperative tonight. So uh, I'm going to try to see where he was headed with this, uh, with his, his thoughts here. Uh, I'm not very good improvising when I don't have everything in front of me. I'm usually the one that steers the ship and I gave it to Mike and now his, his technology has decided not to work. Unfortunately. Uh, Oh, I, I think I hear him. So yeah, did I, did you where 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 did you hear me end off yeah. there, Josh? You're back again. I am back again. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you perfectly clearly. This is this is great, nice and professional. <laughs> <laughs> my apologies, to everybody, everyone listening out there. Uh, we're cutting in and out with my stupid Wi-Fi, um, but I'm back now. Can you? Can am I still there? You are still here. If people didn't do not come here for professionalism, they come here to hear us cuss. They come here to hear us tell it like it is. They don't necessarily come to hear us uh, to hear us be professional. They, they, the people who are listening right now listen to our podcast. They goddamn well know we're not professional, Mike. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. So, all right. Uh, so, so Butler caps off we, the drive with a five-yard run. It's seven nothing tie cats with twelve twenty-one left in the second. That was a really nice run too, and I was really well blocked. He he seemed to go in the end zone almost untouched. I found that uh, maybe the best play of the one. Well, maybe not the best play. There were some. There were some Taylor Powell some nice throws later, and and mm-hmm. early. you mentioned uh, one to Godwin that happened. Uh, one of the nicer. It was one of the better blocking plays that I've seen from this team in the run game. And you, I, I was thinking, oh, it's second and goal from like four or whatever. I'm thinking, oh, they're throwing some sort of bullshit goal line fade again. Like I freaking hate. Right. 
And they ran it up the gut. So I was like, oh, oh. and it worked. I was like, huh, maybe you should do that often. Reminded me of when uh, we, we sat down to watch uh, the 98 East Cheap Plug for our Patreon. We did a watch along about a month and a half ago watching the 98 East. We wanted to reminisce about better days because I think the Ticats were over at the time. Uh, and they were they, they would run it with the running back inside the five at the goal line. So it was kind of nice to see that again. And when it was a it was a well designed play and worked to perfection. Unfortunately, that was kind of the high point that came for us. Yeah, it was. It was a nine play, sixty yard, four minute touchdown drive. Probably the best drive of the game for the Tiger Cats. Uh, Montreal gets a big return, but are forced to punt. Powell throws cross body to Godwin. Godwin was Godwin was really in this first half I thought it was a tremendous first half for him yeah and I think that it's I I'm I'm pausing a little bit is it too much to say that he's even right now because Tim White I'm going to get on Tim White when we talk about him in a minute I'm sure we're going to talk about him he looks completely disinterested out there. And for some reason, Duke just isn't involved. And I'm not entirely sure why. But to me, Terry Godwin is, he's sort of breaking. Even in this team season, you know, three and five, it's not, we're not great. This is not a great season. The team's not playing well. Since he's kind of emerged the last few weeks, he's started to become a very reliable and, and a big play target for this team. And I think right now, I as I said, I'm kind of hesitating to say it, but I, I don't know. I think he's the best receiver this team has right now. Definitely uh, production-wise. The last couple of games, he's been really good. And yeah, he's just, uh, he's standing out above the rest. I mean, early on in the season, it was Duke Williams that was the guy. And Tim White had his game or two. But for the most part, you're right. Like, Tim White has been a ghost. He just, it seems like he's not even on the field the last like four or five games he's uh it really seems like when Bo gets in there he he targets Tim White more like they're they have some kind of connection yeah I think you're right I think you got something there yeah and it's just I don't know what it is like Schultz doesn't necessarily target him a lot um but Powell like it it seems like not at all so I don't know what's going on there but it, it has to pick up right I mean Tim White's supposed to be our number one receiver yeah, and there was a de- – again, we're kind of jumping around all over the place here just because as the thoughts are coming to my head. and you know, I mean, mm-hmm. you guys all listen to our regular podcast. You know we go on tangents all the damn time. But there was a deep pass late in this game that it was overthrown, but Tim White never seems to, like, lay out for a catch. I agree. Like, maybe he, do- maybe he doesn't come down with it, but at least put the effort in to, you know, dive to try to make that catch. And, like, yeah. he's he's fast. So, like – you know we can beat his man. It's not there, but at least make the attempt. I, he just seems to like, oh, the ball's over my head. He kind of gives up on it, and it's just it, that's not what you want to see out of your highly paid number one receiver. Yeah, I agree. I thought there was when uh, the game that I went to here at Edmonton when the Ticats were in town. I thought there was a pass that was pretty damn close, and and I thought yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, so maybe. Uh... I didn't get the right perspective because I was in the, in the crowd and maybe it was too far, but yeah, it just seems like there's not that extra effort um, yeah. when needed. It's so. disappointing. You gave him it a is. lot of money this off season to be the catalyst of this passing attack. And yeah, he's had a couple good games to start the year, but it's, it's put up or shut up time for Tim white. And quite honestly, if he continues to play like this, the rest of the season, he's, he's, he's a free agent at the end of the year. I'd be fine with letting him walk. Uh, Powell throws crossbody to Godwin for a first down. Uh, another first down throw to Tim White, probably one of his only catches of the night. Uh, Ticats at the 45 of Montreal. Uh, two procedure penalties in a row, put the Ticats in a first and 20, killing the drive's momentum. And then Powell throws an interception. J.R. Reed gets the pick. Alouettes take over at their own 50-yard line with 6.58 left. You know, that was a bad throw by Powell. Um, you know, obviously he tried to force it in there, but he he just wouldn't have been in that situation if those two procedure penalties didn't happen. Like we were marching down the field. We, we were doing really well on that drive. And then those, those, those two penalties kill it. And Duke didn't come back for the ball. And I know that that's, you're right. He threw, he threw a bad pass. It was forcing it into coverage. 
But Duke kind of waits for the ball to come to him as the defender breaks on. It's like his receivers didn't do him any favors tonight, I don't think. Mm-hmm. So, again, again, not absolving him of, of his mistake here. And you're right. You're not in that position. You're not throwing that pass. if Because what did the first down play pick up? Like six or so yards? Second and two or second and four or even, you know, second and six. You're not trying to force a throw into a tight window there. So, yeah, again, just another area where his – his teammates, and in this case, again, the offensive line, didn't do him any favors. Diallo gets carted off. Uh, looks like a leg injury. That was unfortunate. Yeah, yeah that kind of sucked the – like, I mean, there wasn't a ton of energy in the building anyway, but that, that one seemed to definitely suck the energy out of everyone. It was uh, – when you bring the cart out, it's never a good sign either. So, mm, you know, no. hopefully a speedy recovery, but that, that probably looked pretty bad. Montreal marches into the red zone, but takes a misconduct penalty and forces forces them to kick a field goal. It's seven to three. Reminded you? Did that not remind you very much of Revenberg's flag against the Argos, where if yep. I, I thought Montreal was going to find the end zone, and then they take that penalty, and you're like, oh well. Thankfully, it's not on us this time. But I mean, later on, we, you know, I mean, this team took too many penalties tonight anyway, so. Yeah. We rejoiced for a split second and then remembered who we are. Mm-hmm. Now, an absolutely beast run from Butler here into Montreal territory. And then a face mask, face mask on top of that. Tie Cats at the Montreal 36. That, that was a really... Yeah. I mean, I, I, I just loved how involved Butler was in the first half of this game. And he was producing really well. Yeah, I think he ends up... He finished with over 50 yards rushing or 50 yards. Which, you know, not... Oh, blah, blah, blah. But... For, for a team that doesn't run a lot, for a team that hasn't used Butler anywhere near as much as they should, yeah, he especially in the first half, he was, he was very much involved. And I'm sure yep. we'll get to the second half and how everything went tits up then when we get mm-hmm. there. Uh, the drive stalls. Orlando challenges for pass interference. The challenge fails. Tigats get three. It's 10-3 Hamilton with 140 left in the half. What do you think how of that, was that not How was that not pass interference? Yeah, I thought it was, but like yeah. seeing it live, I thought maybe the receive like initiated contact. And actually, I was talking to a friend of mine tonight about it, and he said he wanted me to bring this up on the pod. So I think he's listening right now. So I'm going to do that right now. Shout out my buddy Richard. Um, we need that XFL. Uh, if anyone watched the XFL, when they would do challenges, they go into the challenge booth, and you'd hear them talk through. Okay, like a completed catch, for instance. Is his foot in bounds? Yes. Does he maintain possession? Yes. Does he maintain possession as he falls out and hits the ground? Yes. It's a catch. It counts. I would like because if because to, to me if it's if we if we know no we believe the receiver initiated contact therefore it's not a flag perfectly acceptable at least we know. But now we're kind of just like it's the CFL and we see so many things where it's like well that looks like roughing the passer and why is that not that. Yeah. I wish that we would like I see I hear a lot of people and I think we discussed this. I'm not sure if we discussed it on the pod. I think we did about people wanting that uh replay official in the booth to like you know the the ex referee to tell you, oh, this is why this happens, this is why that happens. Nuts to that. Give us that live feed of of them going through the motions as to why a challenge is being ruled the way it's being ruled. And I think people would absolutely love it and it would give us more insight into why some of these more controversial calls don't get made because he, this is the standard for pass interference. He was not manhandled, but he was hit before the ball got there. But if you tell me that the reason it doesn't happen is because Godwin initiated that contact, then it's like, okay, at least we know. Now we're just kind of like, do we just think the refs are morons? You know what I mean? Like, it just, I don't feel like it does anyone any favors by not letting us in on that process. I think we would have a much more a more thorough, a, a better understanding of what goes into these calls if we could get that. And did, and I think they did this before. Like, didn't they? I did, am, am I thinking incorrectly? Didn't they have some sort of pilot project like five or six years ago where they did show you the inner workings of the replay booth? Or am I making that? Am I? Uh, was that a fever dream that I have? I, I, I seem to recall that being a thing for like a very short spell, maybe in like 2017, 2018-ish. I don't know, man. You might have... Uh... You might have dreamed that. I might that have one. dreamt that. Or, yeah, or, or maybe I, I just have a terrible memory. That uh, that could be it too. But I, I don't recall that. Maybe uh, 
if anyone listening wants to chime in in the in the chat, uh, that would be cool. But uh, yeah, that'd be very helpful. Yeah, Sneed makes the Ticats secondary look silly as he gets around at least three players, gaining fifty yards in the process. That was another play where Katz and Tonus, I think he was the first man there. I think he got, or maybe he was the one who tried to tackle him downfield and he kind of like got hezzied and, and just looked foolish. Uh, just uh, very poor game from him tonight. And yeah, that was, uh, that was kind of a backbreaking. It was. Montreal settles for a field goal attempt, but Cote doinks it off the uprights with 31 seconds left. So no points for anybody on that one. No, um, that was uh, – it's funny because uh, I actually was talking to a kid uh, who, who was with us, and uh, he was at, he actually said earlier in the game, he's like, has anyone ever kicked it off the upright? And I started telling him <laughs> about the double doink, the, the famous double doink from the uh, Chicago Bears Philadelphia right. Eagles playoff game from a few years ago. And then it happens, and he's just like kind of stunned. That it, and I was like, see, doink, it happens. And, <laughs> you know, it's just uh, – it was, it was a fun moment of levity for, for a young man who was at the game today. I watched uh, Dark Side of the Ring on Doink recently. But anyways, uh, <laughs> a misconduct penalty puts Ticats at their own 40-yard line right before the half ends. Ticats get into field goal range. Last, last play of the half is a field goal attempt, but Legio misses. They get the Rouge. It's 11-3 Ticats at the end of the first half. Get the Rouge because of a hell of a play by Cathal Flowers Cthulhu? Lloyd, who is once again an absolute beast on special teams, in my opinion, should be nominated as of right now, if we're doing it right now, should be nominated for special teams player of the year. He has been tremendous as a cover guy downfield. And I believe he's the guy that got the tackle that knocked down. Uh, Cause obviously Chandler worthy was trying to bring the ball out. Like it only makes yeah. sense. Like it's the last play to have, even if you don't return it, you get out, you don't give up the point. He was he was excellent again. He's been excellent all year. I really wish they could find a way to get him on the defense. Uh, I don't know how you do it, but uh, no, just another another great play by him. So to start the third quarter, uh, Simone Lawrence gets to Fajardo on the blitz. Fajardo fumbles. Crawford recovers. Ticats take over on the Montreal twenty-one yard line. It's looking good, Josh. It's looking good. It, it was looking good, and then unfortunately, this next drive <laughs> ends with a field goal, and that is, to me, in my opinion, that's kind of the turning point. They scored a touchdown there, go up eighteen to three. I think we're having a much different conversation right now. So Powell uses his legs to get a first down, but then a procedure call puts them back five yards to the Montreal nine-yard line. You know they're at the four-yard line. It's second down. Obviously, you want to be closer than further away. So, uh, you know, the offensive line lets us down again. Yeah, who got that flag? I'm trying to look for it here. You Looking look, Ticats drive stalls. Hamilton gets Hamilton three. procedure. The the other it was the other tackle. It was the right tackle. Sartor. Yeah, Sartor. Yeah. yeah. Sartor. Butler has the rush for six, so it's second and four. Turns it to second and nine. Powell rushes five yards. Yeah. The tackles. The tackles were terrible, and I don't think these guys have been that good all year. I, I think, and that's no, to me. They've been okay. They've been okay, but if you're going to play Americans at two tackle positions, they need to be studs. Yeah, I know. I understand you're going to play one. At least one's going to be. But if the if you're going to play two and and combined, they're just fine at best. Get one of your Canadian guys out there. Let Chris Van Zyl. I know he's he's older and kind of injury prone. Let Chris Van Zyl out there and and play another in the offensive line and then take a Canadian somewhere else on the, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, they have the, they, he's on the roster for a reason, right? Like let him play, see, let him play. Like, yeah, I agree. Uh, the Ticats drive stalls. Hamilton gets three. It's 14, three Ticats with 10 48 left in the third quarter quarter. Excuse me. Montreal puts together a good drive, but only manages three. It's 14, six with four thirty left. Hamilton goes to and out punt. Punt gets partially blocked. Uh, good field position for the Alouettes. Montreal gets another three. They're just creeping closer and closer here. It's 14-9 with 52 seconds left in the third quarter. And that's how the third quarter ends. And then it was maybe the worst quarter of football I've seen from this team. Just 2017, maybe? This this was this this fourth quarter was just abysmal. And yeah, let's, 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 let's get through this as quickly as we possibly can. 
Let's do it. Uh, Montreal kicks it off with a huge gain on a flea flicker pass. Adelike gets pass interference in the end zone. It's first and goal on the one. You know what happens from there. Touchdown, Montreal. Two-point convert. Good. It's all of a sudden, our uh, victory has disappeared. It's 17-14 to 14 with 12.02 left in the fourth quarter. And was that not the shittiest coverage on that two-point convert? Was Just it, was like Austin, sitting back was completely. It, the guys were wide open. Wide open. Was it Austin Mack, I think, that was that caught it? And there was no one within eight to ten yards of that man. Like, just I, – I would much rather them have been up in press. Press. press yeah. And if you get beat deep or you get beat on a double move, so be it. You might as well have just said, you know what, guys? Don't even bother running the play. Just give them the two points. That was pathetic. Oh, Doesn't that make was any sense. No sense. Terrible. They, they snapped the ball from the three-yard line, and you're seven, eight yards in the end zone. Like, it, just – Like, just those a- those passes – work a lot you know the fades that like we talked about it recently those yeah. deep passes into the back of the end zone like it it just doesn't work out a lot in the cfl so press them you know take you know uh, yeah I, I don't get sitting back in that situation Well, because the thing the thing is if you if you force a fade if you force them you're forcing them to throw it into a smaller window in a smaller area maybe he has to jump to get it you shove him out of bounds it's not like there's a force out rule anymore like he has to come down with the ball like make them earn it. This was just this was too easy, and that's sort of the 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 penalty that took them out of touchdown range after the Butler run. That looked like okay, they're going to go up eighteen to three here, and then this 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 play. Even though it was only a three point game, this is when I kind of felt oh, th- th- it's over. Like they're not that they'd given up because I, I that I'm not going to not going to go that far. Like these are still professional athletes. They're p- played to pay are paid to play, I should say. They're not they're not just going to phone it in, but this to me was when it was like, oh, the, the, there's no resistance here anymore and they're just going to do whatever they want. Doesn't get any better from here as Powell gets a a pass tipped at the line. It's caught by Lemon. Montreal takes over in Ticats territory. Yeah, only thing funny thing about that was look like Sean Lemon started running the wrong way. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I don't know what was going <laughs> it's on. It's like there. it was like he started going one way and then was like, "Oh, I'm going to go yeah. the other way." So, yeah, but yeah, the, the, again, like I said, that after that penalty that cost them the potential touchdown, it's when the wheels started to falling off, and then everything just started going against them. Chris Edwards gets a sack, making it second and long. What do you think about him? I thought he was great tonight. Chris Edwards made a lot of really good plays tonight. Maybe their yep. best player on defense. No bozo uh, activities no. in this one. Um, nope, so just some hard good. hits. They just uh, yep. wrapping guys. I mean, there was one where he bounced. He, Thought he had a tackle and was kind of celebrating before the guy was down. But I thought Chris Edwards was really good tonight. I agree. Montreal gets three. It's 20-14 to 14 with 9.57 left in the fourth quarter. Ticats punt after a two and out. Uh, Ticats take a roughing the kicker penalty, and that, that was a real backbreaker there. He wasn't close to blocking that punt. I don't know what the hell. Who was it? Anthony Federico? I the think guy that it got was, the flag yeah. there. I don't know what the hell he was. He was nowhere near that you know what i mean like just mm-hmm. again these are execution issues that you can blame the guys calling the plays but when your your players are doing bonehead things like this just and well i actually I, isn't wasn't the didn't they score a touchdown like on the next play montreal scores a touchdown it's 27 to 14 with 634 left you are correct josh uh and then there's not much to talk talk about after that the game ends 27 to 14. You know, Hamilton doesn't really put up a fight after that. And that was it from uh, Tim Hortons Field in this one. Yeah. And that, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, they have now lost the season series to the Alouettes. They are unlikely to win the season series against the Earths. They have won the season series against Ottawa. So they have that in their back pocket. But if Montreal and Hamilton somehow finish tied in the standings, the Alouettes will get home field in the playoffs. So this this was a for an early season game where it's like, and we've talked about this numerous times on the pod, I don't believe in must-win games in, in August. Must-win games are, in my opinion, strictly for when if you lose, you are done for the season. That was not tonight, but this was a big loss simply because now you have to ensure that you win one more game than Montreal if you want to host uh, – because even with the Chad Kelly injury, and we're not going to talk about anything Argos here. In fact, I think Mike and I are going to end up talking about 
the Argos and, and Kelly on uh, on the podcast that we record on Monday. But even with that, I think you can pencil in the Argos as, as more than likely to win this division and, and host the East final again. Getting second place would have been really big. Now they've they've dug themselves into a hole here where they're going to have to win one more game in Montreal and considering how difficult this team's schedule is down the stretch. And, and they've proven this year they're not as good as Montreal, even at home. I mean, they've lost to them twice in, in Hamilton. But you you still want that home field and, and the playoffs and a potential East semifinal matchup. They have now essentially given that up. It's not impossible. They're they're two points back in the standings of the Alouettes. And, but you've now – they've secured that season series victory and that's uh and they've also won i think five of the last six now against the tie cats so montreal's kind of got a number after years of us having theirs it's 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 not a good sign indeed indeed so i'll just jump it right into the i think the one of the main stories of this night was the penalties and you know yeah. it's been a reoccurring theme this season this team takes a shit ton of penalties and it was no different tonight yeah, and it's not even just the amount. It's the when, when they when. happen. Yeah. Back-to-back procedure penalties, like you mentioned, on a drive that looked promising. Uh, procedure penalty inside the five-yard line where it's like a touchdown could probably really, even though it would only put them up 15, really could have broken the back of Montreal there. Um, and the block, you, you get, there's still, I think, what? May, there's maybe, what, five minutes, maybe six minutes left on the clock? And you get the roughing the kicker call when you got the ball back. Like it's yeah. the, it's the timing of these flights happen. Penalties happen. Guys get holding calls. Guys go offside. That happens. It's it. You're not never going to go through a game without getting a penalty. It's the timing of the penalties that just really, really hurt because it either takes points off the board, stalls drives, or gives the ball back to the opposition. Just very un play at the most inopportune times. So what did you think about Taylor Powell tonight? Fine. Uh, I didn't think he was as good as he was against against Toronto. Um, I mean, his numbers reflect that as well. I just don't think he was given a lot of help, quite frankly, Mike. Like, I just think his receivers let him down some tonight. The offensive line, I think, let him down tremendously. Uh, he made some questionable decisions. Uh, he was He threw short a couple of times when it's like, and again, a lot of it was he was he was rushing out to make throws. The interception to uh, – I mean, a bad ball interception, that's a play. And that happens. It's a fluke. I'm not going to really throw that. It was a bad throw. He threw it into the hands of the defender that batted up in the air. That happens. That, that can happen to even the best of quarterbacks. Uh, the, the one pick that he threw that, that, that we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. forced it in there. J.R. Reed picked it off. That was, that was not a great decision. He still shows me enough that I want to see more of him. Same. I just wish – I just think the guys around him didn't didn't help him out as much as – when you're starting a rookie quarterback, you need guys to help out. And the only the only two guys I would say on offense tonight, and I'm curious if you agree with me on this, that really tried to give Powell some help were James Butler and Terry Godwin. Everyone else tonight I think was either made a bad play, weren't involved. Like I don't think Tyree Allister was used enough tonight. For, for a guy that has game-breaking speed, and, and we've seen him make plays both on offense and special teams. And Powell missed some throws. There was a really nice throw to Kai Loxie that we, we didn't mention that that would have probably scored a touchdown. We mentioned the one to Tim White where White doesn't lay out for it. We mentioned the one to Butler that was hit Butler in the hands but wasn't a great throw. I just don't think that the young man had had help tonight, and I think that that is reflective in in kind of his numbers. He, he was He was fine. He wasn't great. He has a piece of this loss. I think he has. He takes more blame for this loss than he does the previous one. But I think on a list of if we're, we're going to go like one to ten on things that I'm I, where I'm placing blame for this, he's probably further towards ten than he is towards one. Yeah, he was twenty of thirty one tonight for two hundred and two yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. I thought he was much better in the first half than he was in the second yes. half. But but you could say that is. You know, the whole offense was much better in the first half than it was in the second half. I felt like Montreal kind of figured out what they were doing, maybe a little bit. And, uh, you know, because they were really using Butler in the receiving and the rushing in that first half. And you just didn't didn't see it in the second half at all, really. Yeah, and when – and this is where I will get the, – the Condell haters can, can 
record this, clip it, and use it against me because I'm actually going to side with him here. This is where I think Tommy Condell does deserve some of the blame. He's not great at these adjustments. And Noel Thorpe is a damn good defensive coordinator. And you know he's going to go through a half and see what you're doing and take it away from you. And that's exactly what he did. And because I think Condell is just a little too rigid, a little too stuck in his ways, instead of learning from that and then adapting himself, just kept doing the same things over and over again. Or they just did a bunch of dump off stuff that you knew wasn't going to go anywhere. Uh, you talked about the, you touched on the receivers a little bit. Terry Godwin led the way with six receptions for 89 yards. And then James Butler was second with one yards receiving. And then there was a massive drop off with Tim White, two receptions for 21 yards. Um, I love, I love James Butler. He should not be second on your team in receiving yards, unless he has one of those monster games where like, like if he would have caught that screen pass and housed it for 45 yards. Okay. That happens. But for a guy, he cut, I'm looking at, he cut eight passes tonight. Like it's yeah. great that he's that involved. I like him being that involved. He should not be your second leading receiver. Not no. when you have Duke Williams, not when you have Tim White, not when you have Terry Godwin. James Butler, great player. Glad he's glad he's on this team. Glad he was utilized as much as he was tonight. Still should not be your second leading receiver most weeks of the season. No, when Tim White and Duke Williams combine for three catches in a game, it's not a good yeah. thing. No. At least one of those guys had to has to contribute a little bit, and they did yeah. not at all tonight. So. You know what, though? I Honestly, I saw some stuff tonight. I won't say lazy because that's not fair. I don't know. But there's sometimes – like, Tim, there was a there was a scramble at some point. I can't remember if it was it – was, it was later in the game. They were down by, by two scores by then. Powell's flushed out of the pocket. He's trying to make a play. And Tim White's just kind of standing there. He's not taking his man deep. He's not doing anything like that. He's not trying to find a way to get open. He's literally just standing there. And it's like, bro, what are you doing? Like if you've given up, if you've given up, get the fuck off the field and let someone else out there that'll that'll actually give a damn. Yeah. Like that's what yeah. it looked like to me. And I wonder if that's kind of what White does when things aren't going well. And that's why his numbers kind of reflect that. Is that he maybe he gets sulky. And again, I'm not I, I don't want to start any rumors and I want people to be like, oh, you know, the guy that the guy that, you know, day to day follows the tie cats. Is it no, I'm just it's just body language and, and some of the things you see on the field. It's like, like there was a, there was a play earlier in this game. Taylor Powell scrambled for a first down and he breaks the pocket and what, and it was Duke Williams and he goes down the field. Now was he going down the field to get open? I'm not sure. But what he did is he took his defender with him and that allowed Powell to escape the pocket and run for about 11 or 12 yards for a first down. Right. Same sort of situation, but the team's down, they need to get air, they need to get chunk plays and just seeing Tim White kind of lollygag out there was just really disappointing. Well, it's a scramble rule, right? I mean, even I know that it's it's, it's what you do. You either go deep or you or you come back to the to the quarterback. You find it. You you find it because the defense is going to kind of converge on you. You're a receiver. You run around to find an open spot yep. in your quarterback's line of vision so he can make a play. And Tim White just stood there and did nothing. And I was just like, dude, get off the field. Like, put someone else out there. I'm not saying he shouldn't play. But in this situation, clearly he's he's checked out. Put some I don't care who it is. Just give give me someone else. Now the offensive line, we touched on it a little bit in the game recap, but they were bad tonight. There's there's not no, much shit. more to say. They were just no, really bad. They were they were putrid, they were awful. Maybe their worst game this year, and that's saying something because they've had some bad games. Yeah, let's just move on. We don't need to belabor that point anymore. So the defensive side of the ball, uh, you know, Cast and Tonus, not a good night. Nope. The Canadians in the secondary, not a good night. Uh, but Richard Leonard, you know, a pretty decent night with two interceptions. You don't, it's not very often that you can collect two pickoffs in one game. No, you know what was really disappointing in this one defensively? One sack. Yeah. One sack. Or, I mean, no, no, had... I'm sorry. No, it was two sacks. It was two sacks. Two I'm sacks? sorry. Both. But they came from the linebackers. Simone, and one of the sacks was Simone's strip sack. So that was a, that was a, a big play. Um, and the other was Chris Edwards got a sack. I think he combined with uh, with I don't remember who it was, but I, I think he he got the initial hit, and I think mm-hmm. it was Hewitt actually that uh, that finished it off. But they they credit Edwards with the sack. Two sacks against Montreal. Uh, they've yeah. been giving up six a week. Very yeah. disappointing, especially after the tie cap good in Hemming and Dustin Crum last week, and that defensive line Carney had two. Uh, Trey Crawford had two, and I'm not saying that those guys should have had multiple sacks. Getting multiple sacks in a game is not is not easy. But did you feel at any point in this game like there was a, maybe a handful of times that Cody Fajardo looked 
uncomfortable in the pocket. Like they got, they got to him like on, on the strip, for instance, he did that patent. He's standing in the pocket. He sees someone coming, he tries to spin out and Simone was there to punch the ball out and they get the mm-hmm. big, they get the big turnover. I just felt like they, they offered almost no resistance. They let William stand back who looks like a, who had looked like a shell of himself rush for like 110 yards. Like it was right. just, it was, um, it was, it was a disappointing outing from the defense, even though in the first half they, they weren't giving up anything. They get to two interceptions, like you mentioned from Richard Leonard, but to not, to not get more pressure and to not bring Fajardo down is is a major disappointment in this one. Yeah, absolutely. It seemed like they had a breakout game last week against Ottawa and uh, it just dropped off a cliff in this one. And I was really impressed with uh, the defensive game plan last week and not so much this week. Like, yes, they held them to three points in the first half. That was great, but they kind of exploded there, especially in the fourth quarter. But uh, in the second half altogether, they scored 24 points. So, um, well, it was class. It was classic Mark Washington defense, right? Looked great yeah. for three quarters, and then shit the bed yeah. in, the, in the fourth. We, how many times we seen, especially against Montreal? How many times did Geno Lewis, even though he's not there anymore, would crush this team by doing by doing these types of things? So, it's it's the Mark Washington defense that we we've, we've unfortunately become become all too familiar with, where he just yeah. doesn't he doesn't make the defense doesn't make the play. They make the plays, and and you know, there's a lot of blame to go around here. The offense didn't do enough either, but. I mean, the def- you can't give up 18 points in a quarter. It's just as simple as that. What did you think about the specials tonight? Anything stand out to you or kind of an average night for them? Um, yeah, it was kind of average. I thought, I thought the coverage, like I said, um, Flowers Lloyd was, I thought, excellent, as he has been all season. I thought punting was fine. Uh, Legio missed his first field goal, but it was a 50-yarder, and I'm not going to kill a guy for missing a 50-yard field goal. He he's he he was bound to miss one eventually, you know what I mean. And I don't think that field goal really. I mean, they lost by thirteen. Whether he makes that or not, they still get their asses kicked. Um, but no, I don't think there was really. They didn't get much in the return game. Yeah, special teams was just kind of there. So you want to get to the fun stuff, Josh? Twitter comments, yes, sir. Yeah. All right, let's do it. From Strange Breed, first half was great. Powell looked great. Then the second half. Is this last year all over again? I guess we at least have the Grey Cup halftime show announcement to look forward to. I never look forward <laughs> to that, but uh, you know if that if that's your thing, then then cool. But uh, I hope it's not like like last year all over again. I know that we made a push there at the end, but a pretty disappointing end to the last season. It's uh, it's not looking good right now, though, Josh. Is it? No. If if you were to I don't have 10 toes down if that's what you're asking me anymore. No I don't. Toes. No, no. I, I, I might have any, I'm not going to say I don't have any toes down, but this team, there's a, they got this bye week coming up. Then they got an extremely winnable game against the Elks. And then they play the Lions and the Argos back to back. So yeah, mm. I don't, I don't know if this, I, this, this might get worse before it gets better. From Jim Martin, I believed up until the fourth quarter, then we just fell apart. Penalties, turnovers, injuries, and all of it at the worst possible time. Something needs to change, but I don't know what. Maybe getting starters off the injured list. That would help. I mean, yeah, that uh, yeah, that would help. It can't hurt. I, it, it, you're right. It can't hurt. But at the same time, who who have we not seen this year that would automatically – Dylan Wynn maybe? Win, win. yeah. That's the only guy Figu- I really g- think of. You know what, getting, Figueroa getting, coming back. Yeah, getting Figueroa back, I actually think might help. But he didn't look all that great in the first two games this year either. But I'll give him the benefit of the doubt because he's been excellent in his career that that was just kind of readjusting to a new team. Uh, but it's not like Bo's been fantastic. Like, I do agree, though. I think getting healthy would, would really help. But the Owls came into this game super banged up as well. So it's not like either yeah. of these teams were, uh, were coming in at full strength. It's just Montreal just looks like they're better this year. Um, but no, it, 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 obviously it can't hurt getting, getting some of those guys back from Jerry Breyer. Once again, only played a half a game. The Owls figured out our offense was entirely Godwin and Butler in the third and never looked back. Just lifeless on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Fair comment. Fair comment. From our buddy, Adam Stalker. Why do you think Condell gets all the heat while Washington never gets any heat from the fan base? I'd rather have Coach O replace Washington than replace Condell. 
Washington has no creativity and is always in base. When O ran the D, we used to have great situational sub-packs. I don't want to say... I mean, Adam, I know he listens to the show. How many weeks have we been saying this? How many... When did... I, when everyone was on the fire Condell bandwagon mm-hmm. and no one made, even though the team was giving up 30 plus points a week, no one was talking about the defense. Adam, I'm with you, buddy. Like when are we going to, again, I do not, it's just, it's a personal belief of mine. I do not, unless it's extremely warranted advocate for people being fired, cut any sort of things like that. But at some point we have to talk about the problems that this defense, and if you go back into our archives, when Mark Washington was hired, I was much higher on him than Mike was, and Mike had these problems. It was like, his defenses are kind of middle of the pack, and they don't really stand out in any significant way. And then, you know, 15 and three later, and you, you it's, it's hard to criticize when the team looks oh, yeah. that good. You Absolutely. know what I mean? Yep. But now we're seeing Mark Washington go back to being the coordinator that Mark Washington is, and Adam nails it as he normally does. Like it's the same vanilla, easy to pick apart. And to me, I don't want to keep repeating myself. That two point convert is the epitome of what I hate about the Mark Washington defense. You offered no resistance on a play that should be at least borderline covered. No one was there. Adam, I'm with you, pal. I Mark Washington should be, uh, should be getting at least like he or let me rephrase. Mark Washington gets about a tenth of the heat that Tommy Condell does because people just think of offense, right, Mike? Like it's yeah, scoring, yeah. scoring, scoring. All we care about is offense. Well, if your defense has given up three points in a quarter, when you're leading, go you shouldn't be leading going. In, I don't care how bad your offense looked, you should not be leading going into the fourth quarter and give up eighteen points. You know what I mean? Like the tie catch could have been up. Like think up what 14-6 I think it was going into the fourth quarter they could have been up twice that and this game would have come down to the end you know what I mean so I mean they could have been up twice that and they would have lost at this point so yeah again I feel like there'd be a lot more heat coming at Mark Washington's way and, I, and I'm with with Adam as well with the Steinhauer's defenses were so much better and I get that he's got his plate full but I, I really would like to see his hands in this defense a little bit more than they are right now I agree. It's just, and it's like last year they were, I think they were the best against the run. Um, this yeah. year is by far the worst defense that he's had in Hamilton. It's, you know, these they're near the bottom of like a lot of statistical categories on defense and it's against the run. They're really, they're near the bottom. So he's dropped off from even last year and last year wasn't that great either. So yeah, I agree that the, the more the blame should be placed on him because the defense hasn't or, been good. Or, or at least at least equal blame. Like he should yeah. be getting he shouldn't be skating because no one talks about Mark Washington, except it seems like I guess me, you, and Adam. But no mm-hmm. one else ever brings up Mark Washington's name when it comes to underperforming coaches on this staff. It's always offense, it's always Condell. And some of it in Orlando takes some some shrapnel here as well. But no one ever talks about Mark Washington. And I just wish that maybe that's the conversation we should be having a little more of. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I'm just saying like yeah, it just frustrates nope. me that, that we're, we seem to be the only ones who are talking about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Adam, again, this team should stick with Powell regardless of when Bo Levi Mitchell or Schultz are healthy. He gives the most upside to win. He's probably already the best intermediate passer of the three. Let him learn through his mistakes and hope he improves his deep ball accuracy. I 100% agree with Matthew Schultz. I, I'm not going to say that I think Bo's played better this year. He he clearly has not. But there is a 0% chance that this team does not immediately start Bo Levi Mitchell once he's healthy. They made the trade to get him. He's signed for three years. I know that he has no – and people need to understand that Bo does not have guaranteed money in his contract because he went to a new team. That's not how this works. There's no guaranteed money in his deal. They can get out of it after this year and just have paid him what they paid him this year. They're not going to do that, I don't think. I don't suspect that they're going to. I'm being given no indication that they're ready to move on with Bo. Bo comes back, is going to start. But I do believe that regardless of Matthew Schiltz's health, I think you have to use these six games to, to see what Taylor Powell can do. I think this team might be better in the long term 
once you know what he can do. And it also isn't coming upon them to, and this is why going into this game, I wanted to see it. Let the kid play freaking quarterback. Don't hem him in with these horizontal short passes. Let him play like he's a quarterback. He's he's going to make mistakes. That's what rookies do. But we need to see what we think of him to maybe see if they potentially have the next guy. You know what I mean? Yep. I, I, I understand where Adam's coming from. I also know that he's from interacting with him. He is a rational fan, so he knows that there's no chance that Bo doesn't start when he comes back. But I understand in his utopian vision, I probably would stick with Powell too, just to see what you have, just to see what you have in him. Because if you know, if you find out he can't play, well, then you can get rid of him and you can move on to the next guy next year. But 100%, I don't care if Matthew Schultz is 100% healthy, Taylor Powell should start until Bo's back. Yeah, and the thing with Bo is like, they were, he was brought in to try and win a Grey Cup this year. The Grey Cup's at home. They're going to go with him as soon as he's healthy enough to go because, you know, Taylor Powell has a lot of upside, I think, in him, but I don't think he's going to reach that level of championship quarterback in his rookie season. And hell, you know, maybe we don't have a shot in hell with, with Bo leading the way either, but, you know, they're going to go with him, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, from David Tucker, agree with everyone else. Second half was terrible all around. The roughing the kick kicker penalty was the death kneel. Before the bad, I thought Powell was good. Every time he ran out of the pocket, he was making decent passes, finding receivers, not just try to run up the middle. Yeah, fair. From Mark Fulton, far too undisciplined, missed tackles, bad penalties, unorganized units. They do not have the talent level to overcome errors, need to play clean. Mark nails it. Like it seems as if this, these are going to be a lot of comments that we've uh, we've already kind of touched on. So it's just it just just keep them flowing, buddy. Just keep All them right. flowing. You got it. From uh, Sean, I can't give you my thoughts without swearing. I've had enough of this coaching staff. <laughs> That's fair. I understand <laughs> well, we your frustration. And we we cussed a bunch tonight too. Yeah, we all understand it. it. It's yeah. and th- you know what's the most frustrating thing is one week they look decent, some weeks they look good. But I think we know where the where these guys are in the pecking order now, right? Like they're not, clearly not in the elite class with your Toronto's, BCs, and Winnipeg's. No, 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 but no. now they don't even look like they're in that. Like they're they're on the bottom end of the middle. Like the Owls are clearly better than them this year. Ottawa's they seem to be they, they played Ottawa close they beat them twice so you have to say they're better than Ottawa but they th- those were very tight games I think I, I think Montreal's kind of separated themselves from that group I think the Owls are kind of been a uh, a level by themselves and then you kind of have Toronto or not Toronto uh, Ottawa Hamilton Calgary and Saskatchewan I feel like all those teams are kind of the same but then you know the Stamps beat the beat the Argos this week mm-hmm. so uh, I don't know. It just, it feels to me as if the Ticats are, I know that there was a lot of anger over their placement in the power rankings this week. Um, I even got into it with some people about uh, three downs rankings of them, got people that I work with. I think we've now seen that they're probably them in Ottawa are neck and neck for who's like kind of seventh, eighth in the league right now. Edmonton's obviously the worst team. So I just think we kind of know where they are and, Without some, again, I don't know what major changes you're going to make. I don't think changing coaches at this point in the year is going to make a bit of difference. You're almost halfway there. They've played eight games of, of 18. They're basically halfway through the sin. Again, maybe maybe I think it was Jim that mentioned getting healthy players back. Maybe that could be something for this team. We'll have to wait and see when, when those guys come back. But it just feels as if this team's kind of kind of stuck going nowhere at this point. From Adam again, Condell had a great first half, or a good first half, sorry, followed by another awful second half. Run D is horrible. Secondary outside of Leonard was bad. They mixed up coverage responsibilities multiple times. Too many missed tackles. Free agent signings all busts except Duke and Edwards. That's interesting. There has been a lot of busts with the free agent signings this offseason. Um, would you consider not Casey Sales bus, but like the injuries and the guys that you know? Yeah, Jaguar Davis. But I'm, just, I'm saying, like, yeah, Casey Sales and Jameer Thurman. I don't think I would classify those guys as busts. No, I think definitely they, not. I think Sales, especially, just doesn't his his contributions. I don't think show up on the stat sheet that mm-hmm. much. 
So it's kind of hard to really pinpoint. Like you'd have to really watch him play to see if he was making plays. But I mean, that that's talking about the defensive line. I mean, they they weren't very good tonight. But I I, I think in general, yeah. I mean, Chris Edwards, who is still disliked by a majority of this fan base, understandably so. And then he, of course, he does bozo things a few weeks ago against Montreal of all teams. So, um, but yeah, has he has he been him and Butler maybe the the best? Because like I don't think Butler's like like when he doesn't have a good game, I don't think it's necessarily his doing. I think the offensive line doesn't help, and he doesn't get enough plays. Yeah. But yeah, the free agent signings have not necessarily been what you would expect of them. Uh, Jim Martin wants us to grade Coach O's goatee. I thought it was terrible. I don't know. I don't like that look on Coach O. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I think I think he looks better with the. Uh, you gotta get rid of that. The, with the with the clean shave, and I say that as someone who's always pro facial hair, seeing as I've had a, a beard now for a dozen years. But I mean, is is this where we're at now? Where we're so we're so over tonight's game, we're critiquing yeah. facial hair. Yeah, oh, you I gotta so. love it. I got. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Hat that, cat. That that might that might be a sign to put a pin in it. You know what I mean? Right. We got a few more, Josh. I got okay, yelled at because okay. I I didn't I didn't read them all last week. So well, we we'll can't to... read them all. We'd be here all friggin' night. I know. The I know. The team sucks. The second half was bullshit. The fourth quarter was <laughs> was garbage. We get it. All right. Three more. How about that? Three more. All okay, right. Three we have more. Many more. But I'll pick three more. Uh, not sure they win another game this year. Garbage oh, team. But... Garbage coach. Zero. They call. They can all fuck. <laughs> I said it last year. Blow it up. <laughs> okay oh, um they're going to win their next game they're going to beat edmonton i don't care if everyone loves trey ford and trey ford plays they're going to beat edmonton edmonton is awful i you know what i mean like no they're going to win more games this year like let's look they're a bad football team i don't think they're winning the championship this year unfortunately i don't think they're playing in it unfortunately but they are not going to go three and fifteen. They are going to win more games this year. You can take it to the bank. From Max Power, sorry, but not. Oh, this is interesting. Sorry, but not impressed with Powell. No idea what the alternatives are, but I'm not confident we can make a great cup with our QB options right now. I disagree. I mean, we talked about Powell. I don't think that he's he's a rookie. You got to let the kid play. You gotta if if you're gonna not have your superstar franchise quarterback, let the young kid play and and see what he can do. I think it's you're judging a guy off two games. I don't think that's necessarily fair. From Tiger Sammy, did we have even one first down in the second half? The collapse in the second half was ridiculous, but I'm not even surprised anymore. That is a good question. I, I think we did on that, that first drive because we were we were driving pretty good. I think when we got the three, but I could be mistaken. Ticats first downs. Uh, yes, they did. They had, oh, good lord, they had one first down in the entire second half. Oh my god! And it came on that it came on that opening drive where they got the field goal. You've yeah, got to be kidding me. That is bad. That is bad. Uh, from Hussey's huddle. The pre-snap penalties were killer. Yeah, I agree. I agree that the offensive yeah. line procedure calls were really bad tonight. But, you know, the Ticats lose again, 27 to 14. Make sure to check out our Patreon. Uh, you know, even uh, test it out for a week. If you don't like it, you can say, uh, like uh, one of our comments said, fuck off. You <laughs> fuck know? off. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and you don't have to keep paying for it. So check it out. <laughs> Podsky Wee on Patreon. We will be back next week with our regular podcast, of course, um, for Mike Graham. And then, and then, and yeah. then, Mike, we all get to take a week away from the Thai Cats. We get to go enjoy life. I'm going to the Rogers Cup in Toronto on Tuesday. Going to enjoy myself some nice tennis. Mm-hmm. My boy Nick Kyrgios is not playing, which is disappointing to me. But I'm gonna. We can all we can all put the Thai Cats away for a week. We can go enjoy life, and then we get to come back to a game against Edmonton that they're likely going to win. And then everyone can be back on the bandwagon after they beat Edmonton 48 to 13. And everyone will be like, Oh, this team's going, we'll do it as well. Don't get me wrong. This yeah. team's going to the cup, but. And then we'll face BC and Toronto and come back down to earth. And then. Yes. Although I do think they're going to beat two. Toronto because that's on Labor Day. And I, again, True. I'm, I'm a staunch believer in the Labor Day magic, but 
We've cleansed ourselves of this game. Mike, you and I will be back on Monday to record our show. We'll put out some stuff, even though I think Michael put out a show on Patreon. I, I plan on doing one myself. But we're going to get to put this team away and just not let it affect our week and not let it affect our day. We can. Mm-hmm. This was a nice therapy session, I hope, for everyone. We got we the fuck off comment actually made me laugh really. That that really tickled me. I kind of like that one. But we're this game's done and dusted. Let's yep. we can move on to something better and let's take the week away and recharge our mental batteries and let's go enjoy some things out in the real world. I I, I couldn't end it any better. For Josh Smith, I'm Mike Graham. Eat 'em raw.